Good to see you this morning again uh, for worship on this holiday weekend. Let's pray this morning before we dive into our Bible study. Father God, we are thankful again for this morning. God, we're thankful for the time that you've given us to gather together, to come together and to study your word. God, to sing praises to your name as we have already done. And God, this morning as we open your word, God, we pray that you would open our hearts and open our ears, God, to what you would have to say to each and every one of us. And it's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Well, back in 2019, there was a story that came uh, from across the pond that came out of Wales. And the story uh, that came out of Wales was about uh, this man who was from Canada. He was in Wales on a tour. He was there for vacation. And they were touring the countryside there in Wales near, near the sea. And he looked down off of a cliff. He had come kind of off to this cliff and he looked down and there was a sheep sitting down at the bottom of about this 30, 40 foot drop that was sitting. It had obviously fallen down the cliff. It had not injured itself. It was standing up. It was okay. But he realized this sheep could not get out of this ravine pretty much that it had fallen into. And so he, he, this man from Canada, he sees the sheep and he thinks, well, the sheep is in danger. It needs help. It needs to be rescued. And so he climbs down this cliff about 30 feet to the sheep and he rescues it. He takes the sheep on his back, on his shoulders, and then climbs back up 30 feet uh, to rescue the sheep that had fallen into this ravine. And this story kind of gains headlines there in Wales, and, and it becomes a thing on the news. And uh, one of the leading animal rights uh, societies that was there in Wales actually told the man that what he did was reckless, and he never should have done that. He said, they said, this man should have never climbed down this ravine 30 feet to go uh, rescue this sheep. There is no way he should have done that. He should have called the professionals. He should have called somebody else to come and uh, rescue this sheep from down in this cliff. And when you think about sheep, if you know anything about sheep, sheep are actually uh, one of the most, if not the most, defenseless animal in the animal kingdom. They are one of the most defenseless uh, animals in the animal kingdom. And when you think about that, you may say, well, hold up just a second. What about maybe like a cat? Well, a cat has claws. It can run fast. It can climb up trees. What about a dog? You know, well, a dog can at least run fast, right? Sheep uh, have no really defense mechanisms at all. They are totally dependent and totally reliant on their shepherd to keep them safe. And for a sheep, uh, proximity to the shepherd matters. Proximity to the shepherd for a sheep matters. Sheep are uh, very stubborn animals. They can uh, wander off at the drop of a hat for no apparent reason. And so whenever I think about uh, the story that came out of Wales, and, and I start thinking about us, I can't help but think about us as well relating to that sheep. As humans, a lot of times we don't like to be tethered to a shepherd. We don't like to be uh, under someone's authority. We have this desire to, to, to kind of go off and, and do things on our own. 
We have this desire. We want to go off and do things our way and kind of do things uh, the way we want to do. We, we were like, I, I don't need a shepherd. I can do uh, this life thing. I can do this all by myself. I don't need the shepherd. I don't need a shepherd because I've got this and that I can rely on. And before we know it, we're down in a deep ravine needing a shepherd to come in and rescue us carrying us on his shoulders. And and this morning, I want us to look at that a little bit from Psalms chapter 23, one of the most well-known passages in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to grab those, whether you've got your Bible or phone app or whatever you have. Uh, We're going to be looking at Psalms 23, and we're going to be looking at how we as believers have a good shepherd. And what I, what I want us to do, I want us to look at Psalms 23 uh, from this vantage point. I want us to look at in, in two parts. One, I want us to look at what happens, what, it, what may occur when we stray away from our shepherd. And then two, I also want us to look at how do we stay close to our shepherd? What does it look like for us to stay close to uh, the shepherd that we have, the good shepherd as Psalms 23 describes God to be. And like I said, we're going to be looking at Psalms 23, which is one of the most well-known passages in the Old Testament, and really one of the most well-known passages of all the Bible. It's read at many different occasions, many different times, but it's also so well-known that it appears in different uh, different themes in pop culture, whether it's songs or movies. You might remember uh, Psalm 20, part of Psalm 23 was read in Titanic. I mean, they, it, Psalm 23 kind of shows up everywhere. And when we think about, and when we look at Psalm 23, Psalm 23 was written by uh, David, and is most likely written during his reign as king. And we're really going to look at, and we're going to get to see David kind of reminisce on his time, because we know David was at one time a shepherd. He's going to get to kind of reminisce on what it was like when he was a shepherd, and, and what God did, and who God is as all of our shepherds. All right, so, so let's look at Psalm 23. No doubt you know Psalm 23, but let's read the whole psalm together, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. So this morning, like I said, let's, let's look at this psalm in two parts. We're going to look at it in two parts. The first part is, the first question we're going to ask ourselves is, what happens when we stray from our shepherd? What happens when we stray from our shepherd? So number one, I wrote down, when we stray from our shepherd, we show distrust in our shepherd. We show distrust in our shepherd. So whenever we stray away from God as our shepherd, we are essentially telling Him that we have things figured out on our own. We have uh, this life all together. We know what we need to do. We've got everything kind of uh, taken together in our hands. We're taking, really, we're taking the authority of our lives back into our hands from God Himself. 
It's almost telling God, I, I know that you are the shepherd of my life, and I know that's great and all, but I think, I think I'm going to do this part on my own. I, I can figure out this, this part, this situation, whatever I have. I think I can do this myself. As, as humans, we like to have control, don't we? We like, to be, we like to have control. We like to be able to call the shots in our lives. And we find that control, we find comfort in so many uh, different ways. You know, like I said, we'll, we'll often try and take control of the situations we find ourselves in. We'll try, and, we'll try and take control of whatever's happening in the situation we find ourselves in. We'll take control of our lives through the number in our bank account. When things start to go wrong, we, we run back to maybe that, or we, we run back to the status of our career. We run back to, to the title that we have. We, we take control through the possessions we own in this life. We will stop at nothing to try and find control. And when we do that, when we go to those great lengths to find control, at the same time, we're really telling God, I don't know that I can trust you. I don't know that I can trust you because I have to take control into my own hands. And our trust in God must come from His faithfulness as our shepherd. Our trust from God must come from the faithfulness that we see displayed through how He works. I mean, the whole promise we have here in Psalms 23 is that God provides for His sheep. God provides richly for His sheep. Just there in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. I shall not want. I shall not lack, your translation may say. I mean, not only in Psalm 23, but we look back all through the whole of Scripture. We look back all through Scripture and we see just earlier in the, in the Old Testament, one of my favorite examples is the nation of Israel. We see God's faithfulness displayed time after time after time again to the people of Israel. I mean, God remains faithful to His people over and over and over, even when it seems things can only get worse. And I know each of us can look back on our lives and see where God has been faithful to us in the midst of some scary situations. In the midst of when things were dark, in the midst when things didn't look like they could get any better, we can look back and see God's faithfulness in our lives. But some of us are in that position right now. Some of us are in those storms of life right now. We don't know when it's going to be over. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't, it only seems like things are getting worse. And let me assure you this morning, the shepherd has not abandoned you. The shepherd has not abandoned his sheep, and he will not abandon his sheep. He does not abandon his people because we can trust in the faithfulness of our shepherd. So that's number one. That's what happens first when we stray. We show distrust in our shepherd. The second thing I wrote down is we are prone to the anxieties of life. Number two, we are prone to the anxieties of life. Look back in verses 2. Look back in verse 2. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along uh, the right path for His name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And when, when we go back and when we think about sheep, sheep themselves, sheep are very skittish Animals. I mean, the, the smallest thing, the, the very smallest unexpected thing can send a whole flock of sheep 
into a panic. I mean, a, a simple, just, it could be a rabbit running out from behind a bush right, neck, right next to a flock of sheep, and it will send them in all different directions. I mean, they will absolutely scatter, right? And, and sheep are so skittish that for them to lie down and to rest, there are four things that have to be taken care of for them to lie down and rest. And this is coming from this is a book, if you want a study guide, a study aid on Psalms 23, it's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalms 23 by Philip Keller. It's fantastic. But this is what, he, he was a shepherd for many years of his life, and he says these are four things that sheep must need for them to be able to lie down and to rest. He says, first, they must be free of all fear. There, there can't be anything around them that they may be fearful for their life from. So they must be free from all fear. Second, they must be free from friction with other sheep. So they can't be uh, mad at any, other, any of the other sheep. They can't be uh, getting, not getting along with any of the other members of their flock. They have to be uh, f- free from friction from other sheep. Three, they must be from f- free from flies and other parasites and other things like that. And then four, they must be free from hunger. They, ma- they have to be uh, well-fed. And a flock of sheep that are discontented and anxious and all these things will never do well. The flock of sheep that are discontented, that are anxious, will never lie down. They will never rest. And the same is true for us as humans as well. We live uh, very uncertain lives. Life is full of things that can go wrong at one minute or another. I mean, we, we wake up and we don't know what's coming uh, for the day ahead. And the thing that really sets in the most panic for us is that of the unexpected. Those things that we don't know, all the uncertainties of life can overwhelm us. And the first instinct is to run, is to scatter, is to, is to absolutely just go somewhere else, just to run and, and try and find rest from the things that we're experiencing. And this is important because when we lose sight of our shepherd, when we stray from our shepherd, the anxieties of life will have a tight grip on us. When we lose sight of our shepherd and when we stray, the anxieties of life will be able to take hold of us. When we're not walking with our shepherd day by day, all we can see is the things that we have to do. All we can see are the things that are filling up our schedule, giving us those anxious thoughts. However, when we keep the shepherd in view, when we keep the shepherd in view, when we are close to him, his presence can make all the difference. There's no greater comfort for us as believers than the awareness that Christ is near to us. That the shepherd is near, that the shepherd is close. This is what Philip Keller says again from that same book. Then in the midst of our misfortunes, there suddenly comes the awareness that He, the Christ, the Good Shepherd, is there. It makes all the difference. His presence in the picture throws a different light on the whole scene. Suddenly things are not half so black or nearly so terrifying. The outlook changes and there is hope. I find myself delivered from fear. Rest returns, and I can relax. And so in the midst of the anxieties and the pressures of life, remind yourself of the shepherd's presence in your life. 
Let the shepherd take the anxieties of, of life away from you as you rest in the truth that the shepherd is always by your side. We must draw close to the shepherd. So number three, what happens when we stray? The next thing I wrote down is we open doors for sin to enter into our lives. When we stray from the shepherd, we open doors for sin to enter into our lives. Look at verse 3. When we're close to the shepherd, He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. And then thinking back again to sheep. Sheep are creatures of habit. They are creatures of habit. They, they are such creatures of habit that if they were allowed to roam freely by themselves... They Every day, every time they were hungry, they would return to the same fields to eat time and time again. And if they were left to their own uh, devices to do this, it would get so bad that the sheep would eat the grass all the way down to the dirt and would actually tear the root out of the ground and it would absolutely destroy the ground they were eating on. To where, to where no grass would ever grow in these spots again. And because of this, if this happens, these, these uh, breeding grounds, these spots become really a breeding ground for all sorts of parasites that can harm the, harm the sheep. I mean, if they completely eat up all the dirt, worms and parasites be, can begin to come into that soil, into that dirt, and begin to get in their face, in their eyes, and destroy everything on their face. And when I, when I think of this and I think of the psalm, it's no coincidence that we're likened to these sheep in the psalm because we're often caught in that same behavior. We, oftentimes, we, when we stray from the shepherd, we cling to what we know and sometimes that begins to enter into sin. When we, when we stray from the shepherd, we open doors for sin to enter our lives. Maybe that sin, just it, you, it may be something different for each of us. Right? But when we stray from the shepherd, we begin to lose sight of him, and sin can easily enter into our lives. Isaiah chapter 53 likens this. It says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray, and each of us has turned to our own way. And Keller again says, Turning to my own way simply means doing what I want. It implies that I feel free to assert my own wishes and carry out my own ideas. And as sheep, when we don't want to follow our shepherd, when we stray from the shepherd, it can often lead to destruction in our lives in the form of sin. Oftentimes, when we, when we stray from the shepherd, we may not want to pursue the, the paths of righteousness like it tells us here in, in verse 3. I mean, it shows us that we are fallen and we have that sin nature that comes as a result of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. I mean, just like, if, just like sheep, if we continue to return to that overgrazed land that we are so used to going back to, we can become so infested with sin and sickness in our lives. But the good news is that the shepherd offers us life and life more abundantly, like Scripture says. The shepherd offers us life and life abundantly, but to do that, to do that, to have life and life more abundantly, we must remember the charge that Christ gives us in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
I mean, we must be willing to come and, and kneel at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm going to love you above everything else in my life. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to not stray from you as my shepherd. We must do that every single day. Come to the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I am yours. And so number three, like I said, we open doors for sin to enter into our lives. And then number four, finally, when we stray from the shepherd, we lose sight of who our shepherd is. We lose sight of who our shepherd is. Look in verse five and six for, for me real quick. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Sheep know who their shepherd is and can trust them. Sheep know who their shepherd is, and they know that their shepherd is always going to be there. And I believe many Christians today have forgotten the heart of our shepherd. I think many believers today have forgotten the heart of our shepherd. And when I say this, I mean I think that we have forgotten the way that our Lord looks at His sheep. Is, is your view of God one of, of a God who is continually disappointed in you? Is your view of God one who says, when you trip up, when you sin, I, I can't believe this guy. Is that who your God is? Is your God saying, I can't believe that you would mess up again? What, what are you doing? You've gone back to this time and time again. How many times is it going to take before you learn your lesson? What is going on? The sad reality of today is that many believers believe the lie from Satan that God is disappointed in them. Many believers today think that God is continually disappointed in them. And Satan loves to whisper the lie into each of our ears that God is disappointed in us. He loves to whisper into us that you'll never measure up. You're never going to break out of the of this sin pattern. You're hopeless. God is, is so disappointed in you. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing could be farther from the truth. This is how Satan will leave you debilitated and sitting on the sidelines of the Christian life for your entire life. And he is very, very good at it. Some of us in this room are too, too busy believing Satan's lies about who we are instead of living in the freedom of who we are in Christ. Instead of living in the freedom of who we are in Christ, free from sin, beloved by the Creator and the Author of the universe. We are too busy believing the lie that God is disappointed in us. So I ask you this morning, what is your view of God? What is your view of the shepherd? Do you believe that God is perpetually disappointed in you? Or are you walking in the freedom that Christ has given you as one of His children? God's heart for His children is one of, of mercy and, and one of love and one of grace. This is what Romans 5.8 tells us. God proves His own love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we had stopped sinning, Christ died for us. After that we had cleaned ourselves up, Christ died for us. No, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But the love that Christ had for us on the cross 
does not end at the cross. It continues every single day into our lives. One of the, one of the books I've read in the past year, and it's, it's amazing, I commend it to you. I used it as, a, as, a, um, as an aside to my devotional time every day. It's called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. It's, it's a fantastic book. I, I, I would recommend everybody read it. And, and it really looks at the heart of who Christ is. It gets, at, it gets to this point of we have often forgotten who Jesus is. And this is a quote from, from one of the chapters. This chapter is entitled, He Loved Us Then and He'll Love Us Now. And this is, what, this is what he says about Christ's heart for us. His heart was gentle and lowly towards us when we were lost. Will His heart be anything different toward us now that we are found? When you sin, do a thorough job of repenting. Rehate sin all over again. Consecrate yourself afresh to the Holy Spirit and His pure ways. But reject the devil's whisper that God's tender heart for you has grown a little colder and a little stiffer. He is not flustered by your sinfulness. His deepest disappointment is with your tepid thoughts of His heart. Christ died putting before you the love of God. If you are in Christ... Your waywardness does not threaten your place in the love of God any more than history itself can be undone. Christ, Christ loves His sheep dearly. So, how do we stay close to our shepherd? We've looked at what happens when we stray, what happens when we stray away from our shepherd, but how do we stay close to our shepherd? Three, three, three things in way of application, and then we're done. So how do we stay close to our shepherd? One, remind yourself that the shepherd provides for his people. This is the theme of the entire psalm. The theme of this entire psalm is that the shepherd provides for his people. There's something in this psalm for every single one of us today. There is something for each of us to take from this psalm today. Wherever you find yourself, any one of these verses has something for you to take away today. The shepherd provides for his people. So whenever we think about staying close to our shepherd, whenever we think about staying close to our shepherd, we must come near to him. We must come near to our shepherd every single day. And so this kind of leads me into my second and third points. This is much more, uh, a little bit more practical. So number two, how do we stay close to our shepherd? I simply just said be creative. Be creative in how you stay close to the shepherd. What does it look like for you to stay close to the shepherd? Not everyone experiences the Lord in the same way. Not everyone experiences God in the same way. We can have some creative freedom in how we experience the Lord. And so here's, what, here's a few examples that I mean, okay? Here's a few examples. What would it look like maybe for you to have a note card taped to your bathroom mirror reminding you to pray every morning when you wake up? On your bathroom mirror, what would it look like for you to, to write down a Scripture verse or just a reminder of who God is or just a reminder for you to pray? Maybe you can do that with a note card or they make those uh, mirror markers that you can actually write on the mirror. 
You can write yourself a, an encouraging Scripture or, or a reminder to pray on your bathroom mirror. Maybe that's one way you can be creative to stay close to the shepherd. Another one, there's many, many, many apps on these phones that we carry with us every single day. If you have a smartphone, you have a way to stay close to the shepherd even when you're away from home. The Bible app, there's a simple Bible app that has a verse of the day that will pop up on your phone every single day. Maybe that's a way you can stay close to the shepherd. There's an app called Dwell that is literally an audio Bible. Maybe you listen to uh, the Bible. Maybe you listen to Scripture on your way to work. That's one of the ways that I, that I, cre- that I encourage people to stay close to the shepherd is redeem your time in the car. Redeem the time that you have in the car on the way to work, on the way to the grocery store. Whatever it may be, listen to worship music, whatever, listen to an audio Bible, whatever it may be, redeem the driving time. And whenever, whenever, I say, whenever I say be creative, apply the KISS principle. Do you know what the KISS principle is? Keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple. However it works for you to stay close to the shepherd, whatever it looks like for you to be close to the shepherd, do it. Just be creative. And then third and finally, how do we stay close to the shepherd? I simply just said, begin and each, end each day with the shepherd. Begin and end each day with the shepherd. Everyone, whether we know it or not, has a morning and an evening routine. Maybe you have a strict morning and evening routine that you stick to. Maybe not. But each and every one of us has some sort of morning and evening routine. How we get ready for the day and how we go to sleep. How, will you, how could you incorporate staying close to the shepherd into both of those routines at the beginning and end of the day? What would it look like for you to stay close to the shepherd in the waking moments of the morning and right before you go to sleep at night? This isn't a new concept. I get that. This isn't, this isn't something that's blowing our minds, but it is vitally important for us to stay close to the shepherd. James 4 gives us an amazing promise. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So what does it look like for you to begin and end each day with the shepherd? So this morning we looked at what happens when we stray from the shepherd. And then we've looked at how maybe just a couple examples we stay close to the shepherd. And I know we've looked at Psalm chapter 23 and this is a psalm that each of us knows very well. Many of us in here know Psalms 23 very well. You may be able to say it by memory. You've heard it that many times. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter how well you know the psalm unless you know the shepherd. It doesn't matter how well you know the words of the psalm unless you know the shepherd behind them. So I encourage you this morning, how will you stay close to the shepherd today? Let's pray together. This morning, maybe just in the few moments that we have left together, maybe you would spend just a few moments in prayer this morning. Maybe you would recognize this morning that, or maybe you should ask yourself the question, have I strayed from my shepherd? Have I strayed from the shepherd? Have I lost sight of who my shepherd is? And I encourage you, if, if maybe you would answer yes, maybe just in these few moments that we have together, 
draw close to the shepherd in these few moments. Pray this morning. Say, Lord, I know that I have, I have drifted, but God, I want to be close to you this morning. God, I want to, to be drawn into your presence this morning. God, help me to stay close to you. Maybe this week, as, as you think about the things that we've discussed this morning, you would put into practice some of the things that we've, that we've talked about this morning. It's ways that you can stay close to the shepherd. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never personally had a relationship with the shepherd. Maybe this morning you would recognize that I don't have a relationship with Christ. Today would be an amazing day for you to start that relationship on this July 4th weekend. To walk in the freedom that Christ has given each of us from sin. To walk in the freedom that each of us can have as a child of God. Today can be that day for you. Father God, we are thankful again for the time that you've given us. God, we're thankful that you are a shepherd who cares for his sheep. God, we're thankful that you do not abandon us. And God, this morning, I pray for each of us that we would draw near to you. God, that above all, that we would not stray from our shepherd. God, that we would not stray from you. But God, that each of us would intimately draw close to you. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Well, Nathan and the praise team are going to lead us in a time of response. And, and while, they res- while they lead us, why don't you stand with us and we can sing praises to our Lord this morning. You respond as you see appropriate.